American Apocalypse. A brand new series that begins right now. Boy, I wrestled long and hard this summer with God in prayer. Do we go there? Do we really go there? The moment you speak of this country, you're going to move into controversial realities. And somebody is going to stand up and say, you can't say that. But if the house is burning down and you don't say anything, aren't we morally culpable if we know? American apocalypse in this season of the pandemic. Here we are with our masks. American apocalypse in this season of racial fracture and class warfare. American apocalypse in this season of a broken economy. All the band-aids in the world won't save it. American apocalypse in the season of a conflicted election. Hey, let me tell you something. It's not the election we're worried about. It's the day after the election that we're worried about. Isn't that right? American apocalypse and the remnant church that is sound asleep if not comatose in the West. American apocalypse. Come to think of it, that's why God gave prophecies in the first place, to be a warning, a halogen light shining down the pathway. We talked about halogen light last, lights last night with the new students. Shining down the pathway saying, look out. Look out, it's coming. Are you going to say something about it? Am I going to say something about it? Or do we just let it crash and burn? American apocalypse, because the time is right. Let's pray. Oh, God. My, oh, my. If not now, when? And if not prophecy, what? Here we are with our masks, physically distanced, but the Holy Spirit is within us, and we're all connected through Him. We're not alone. Pastor Jennifer's beautiful season of prayer a moment ago, we're not alone. We're bound together. Michelle having us wave to each other. At least somebody greeted me today. We're here. Gilbert reminded us, you got to pray. <laughs> you got to pray. This is the season of the prophecies. And so we are praying. Have at it right now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Open your Bible with me, please, to the Apocalypse, the Bible's last book, the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 1, the opening line. We're together. There are two lines that you must get right off the bat. Before we take another step into these prophecies, two lines, you get these two lines and the mysterious doors to the apocalypse will open wide for you.
This is your journey, your exploration, your discovery. Two lines. Here's line number one. Revelation chapter 1, verse 1, I'm in the New International Version, the revelation from Jesus Christ. Now, the Greek can be translated the revelation of Jesus Christ, revealing Jesus, or is it from Jesus? Is it about Jesus? It can go all three ways. The revelation of Jesus Christ, from Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants. Well, who are his servants? Anybody that follows him. This, this church is filled right now with servants, live streaming, servants watching, the servants of Jesus. So it goes from God the Father to God the Son. Now, what does God the Son do with it? The revelation from Jesus, Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place, he made it known by sending his angel to his servant John. Do you know that Jesus has a guardian angel? In fact, when he came here as a little human baby, that angel was assigned to him the entire time he was here. I happen to know the name of that angel because that angel shows up in the book of Daniel, which is a twin book with Revelation, and that angel is unabashed to say, my name is Gabriel. Some of you are named Gabriel. My name is Gabriel, man of God. This is the same Gabriel. He's the prime minister of the universe. Christ Jesus, our Lord, is the king. He has a prime minister. I have, a, I, have a, I have an errand for you, Gabriel. Go. So he sent it through Gabriel. And who does it go to? It says it, he sent it to his servant John. Which John is this? This is John Boy, who's now the elderly John. You look at verse 9. He's on the Isle of Patmos. What's, why is he on Patmos? Because that's a penal, penitentiary, Roman institution of incarceration. He's in jail for his faith. You read verse 9. It's for his faith. And by the way, Domitian is the emperor in Rome, in the Roman Empire at this moment. Domitian has already tried to snuff out the witness of this John boy turned elderly John. He threw him in a boiling cauldron of oil, tradition tells us. Threw him in there. Let's watch him burn. And he just stood there. Nothing happened. He finally crawled back out and they said, dry the oil off of him. God did that in the book of Daniel, put three boys in a fiery furnace seven times hotter, and those boys just stood there like nothing's going on. Both books remind us that if you are a follower, if you are a servant of the Most High God, you have nothing to fear for what's coming ahead. Now, there's going to be some stuff that's going to make us tremble a bit. It ought to. That's why it's a warning. But you don't have to be afraid. So let's see, it goes from God the Father to God the Son, God the Son to Gabriel, Gabriel to John. Oh, and John, verse, at the end of verse uh, 1, to his servant John, verse 2 now, who testifies to everything he saw. That is the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Now here it comes. Verse 3, blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll take that blessing right now because that's what I'm doing. I'm reading aloud the words of this prophecy. You're going to find out in one split second that that's you reading aloud to yourself. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written in it, because the time is what? The time is, the time is near. Come on, put, keep that on the screen. Because the time is near. Now, there's some scholars, God bless them, that push this point to 
too far. What point are you talking about, Dwight? I'm talking about the point that says, listen, we know that Revelation was written for the first century Christians because they're the original readers. Therefore, the book of Revelation has to make sense to them. It does not have to make sense to them. I read another scholar this summer that says, oh, whoa, 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 not so fast. The book of Revelation was written for the last generation of the human race. Of course, the first century read it. But what, what do you think the 21st century is going to do? We're going to read it as well. Why would it, be, why would it be especially for the end game generation? Because they're the ones that are going to live through these, these hairy, scary stories. This was intended in its completeness for one generation. And it's the generation that is the final generation. And you can't tell me, and I can't tell you that you're it or I'm it. But I'm watching a house beginning to burn. American apocalypse. Don't miss next week, whatever you do. Yeah, the time is near. Now, there's a generation that was intended to get the whole story, and you and I are part of that generation right now. Hey, let me tell you about William Shakespeare, because if you, go to, if you take honors class here at uh, Andrews University, you'll read some of Shakespeare's plays. The Tempest. Honors students particularly, you might remember this line if you've already, if you've already taken the class. What did Shakespeare write? The, what is past is prologue. So here's the deal. That's true about prophecy. What happens back here is a huge clue as to what's going to happen up here. What's happened behind us is a clue to what's going to happen ahead of us. You're going to, in this, you're going to run into all kinds of strange stuff, but you're going to run into a woman who's drunk. She's called a prostitute. She's called a whore in some of your translations. And you know what she's drunk with? She's drunk with the blood of God's friends. Can you believe that? She's drunk with the blood of God's friends. And if what is past is prologue, what has happened behind us, ooh, is going to happen in front of us. Yeah. Warning. The house is burning down. Whoa. Now, make no mistake about it. This book is for you. This book is really for you. All right. Read verse 1 again. Because we got to get this. Verse 1, the revelation from, of, about Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. How does it read in the Greek? It reads the revelation, the apocalypsis, the apocalypsis. That means the unveiling. Pull, you know, like they're unveiling a new car model. They take that cloth off and, oh, that's what's happening here. An unveiling of what? The end time events? What does it say? The unveiling of what? It's the unveiling of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the unveiling taking place. I'm going to tell you something. Newbie reader of Revelation, what you're going to be looking for is a portrait of Jesus. This book is all about Jesus, hands down from stem to stern, cover to cover. It's about Him. And if in my teaching... I neglect to point him out. I am praying to God already. Send the Holy Spirit immediately to cover for me and show her, show him the picture of Jesus that at this moment is extremely personal to you. Do you need power? On the eve of this new year, do you need power? You're going to be introduced to a Jesus with all the power in the universe. There is nothing that can stand in his way. Do you need hope? 
In this season of the pandemic, you're going to meet a Jesus in the apocalypse who will have all the hope, the hope of what's even ahead. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. Everything you need, you're going to find in Jesus, the Jesus of the apocalypse. So don't run from this. Whatever you do, grab it. The revelation of, let's put that on the screen, the revelation of, the revelation from, I'm going to skip one. Go, go to the next line. Uh, the revelation of, the revelation from, the, re the revelation about Jesus Christ. That's line one. You got to get this. There's, there are two lines. You get the two lines. The mysterious doors of revelation will open for you in your private reading. All right, there's line one. Let's go to line two. So now we go to the literary middle of the book. The heart of the book is Revelation chapter 12. All right? So now we're jumping down the, down the uh, pike here. Revelation chapter 12. Let's, let's begin in verse 7. Then war. Woo! War broke out. Guess where? Guess where war broke out? Long before it broke out in, in your, your mom and dad's marriage. Long before it broke out in the office where you work. Long before it broke out in the dormitory where you live. Long before war broke out in that relationship that has crushed your heart. Long before it broke out on earth, it broke out in God's home. I have parents who sit in my office and they are weeping. Dwight, what have we done? They, we made a mistake. Our child has, has run away from God. You know what I have to say to those parents every single time? I know your heart is broken. I want to remind you, however, there is a perfect parent in this universe who lost one-third of his family in a perfect home. Go figure. God knows what war is all about. It has wounded him to the core. He will carry secret wounds for the rest of eternity. He knows what you're going through. War broke out in heaven. Michael, oh, that's the apocalyptic name for Christ before he was a baby, Jesus. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back, and he, the dragon, was not strong enough. Hallelujah. Amen. And they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down. That ancient serpent called the devil or Satan who leads the whole world astray, he was hurled to the earth. Hit the pause button right there. Because if line number one is the truth that Jesus is the subject of the apocalypse, line number two is his defeat of Satan is the focus of the apocalypse. You got to get both of those. He's the subject of everything. His defeat of Satan is the focus of everything in the book of Revelation. You don't believe me? That's right. You're just, you're just making that up. Nope. Keep reading. Pick it up in verse 9 again. And that great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. Now, come on, hold on, hold on. Verse 10. Then I heard a loud voice, megalephone. This is a shout. This is a megaphone. That's how it reads in the Greek. I heard a megaphone in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah, Christ, or the... For the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. And they, these are the followers of Jesus, they triumphed over him. That's that wicked dragon. They triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb, code language for Calvary, and by the word of their testimony. For they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. You remember that drunk woman? 
She was drunk back there. She'll be drunk again. That line is going to be important to remember. When the moment comes, you will not shrink. You will not shrink for what stands before you. They did not shrink from death. Therefore, verse 12, rejoice, you heavens and you who dwell in them. Whew, he's gone. He, Lucifer is gone forever. But woe to the earth and the sea because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury because he knows that his time is short. Both passages we've read have ended with the same point. The time is near. The time is short. Either way, for an endgame generation, this book is absolutely your chart for your spiritual journey with Jesus to the end game and the house burning down. Wow. We're in a war and this battle is intensifying. Don't you let anybody kid you. It's worse today than it was a year ago today. It's worse today than it was last month. The battle is intensifying. The war is intensifying. This is not this little mythological Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader with that lightsaber fight to the death. This is not that. This is the real deal. There are only two sides, Christ and Satan. Only two sides in this war. Only two sides. These prophecies that we are plunging into now describe the stunning detail of the desperate war raging between the forces of light and the forces of darkness on a battlefield called earth. But guess what? Where the battleground really is, it's between your two ears, between my two ears. This is where the battle is being Waged. And I'm telling you, both sides are playing for keeps. One side, will use, one side will use intimidation and brute force if he can get by with it. The other side will only use persuasion and woo and love and just drug. No, 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 no. Don't, don't. Come back. Come, come back. It will feel like you're going crazy. You are not going crazy. That battle going inside of your, your mind is as real as the nose on your face. They're all battling for your allegiance, for your loyalty. They need you to say yes to them. And there are only two sides. They're not three. No, Dwight, I have a third side. Oh, really? Miss, what's your third side? My third side is me. <laughs> you, if you're making you the third side, guess what? You're automatically on the side of the one who said me first and started this whole blooming mess. There are only two sides, and every morning when you awaken, you have to answer the question, yo, boy, girl, whose side are you on today? Every night when you go to sleep in that dormitory room, no matter what has happened before, you're going to sleep. The question will be put to you again, whose side are you on? Only two sides. Which side am I on? I was talking with a young man last summer who got sucked into the drug culture, okay? Started off with a little bit of weed. Then it was prescription drugs, not his own. And then it was meth. And then the dragon said, gotcha, I got you, boy. He told me, speaking of this war that we're all in, he told me there were moments of sobriety when he could think clearly and in those moments of sobriety, the voice, the voice of God would speak to him and say, come on, come on, come on, come on, come back. 
Come back to me. You want peace? I'll give it to you. You want fulfillment? I'll give it to you. Come to me. And he said, invariably, in those moments of sobriety, when he would hear the voice of God, there would be that dark dragon, this accusing voice. You know what the dragon would say to him? You You can't go back now. Look at you. Look at you. You are hopelessly addicted. I mean, how many times have you asked God to deliver you and apparently God can't do it or you don't want it? You cannot go back. I'll tell you what, boy, you know what you are? You are a loser. That's what you are. You are a loser. You have lost this thing. You know what you want to do. You want to belong to me. You come back. We'll just put that little conscience to sleep and then I'll give you everything you want. As he's telling me this, my eyes are just welling up with tears because I'm realizing how brutal the fury of the dragon who's about to lose his victim. You've heard the accuser. I've heard the, the accuser. I've heard that loser line. It's so old. He ought to give it up. Loser. You heard that voice. But I'm telling you what, on the authority of of what we just read, that boy who told me his story. I'll show you. Read it again. Look at verse 10. Then I heard a megaphone in heaven saying, Now have come the... This is at Calvary. Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of His Messiah for the accuser, the accuser, the accuser of our brothers and sisters and you and me who accuses us day and night before God. He has been hurled down and they, you and me, triumph over Him by the blood of the Lamb and we triumph over Him by the word of our testimony. And we're going to be sharing those testimonies here. For they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Therefore rejoice you heavens and you who dwell in them, but woe to the earth and the sea because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury. He knows that his time is short. The generation that reads this when the time is short needs the fullness of what has just been promised. And I'm telling you, I'm happy to tell you today that he was in church today. That boy, he had a face mask on so you won't recognize him. He's a volunteer in this church today because he found out now has come salvation and power to the one who yields his life to the Lord Jesus Christ. He's no longer a loser. Guess what? He's a winner. He's a winner. The devil was lying to him because that's the only language the devil knows. He's a liar from birth. He's a liar. Don't you ever believe him. Wow. Hallelujah. That, that young man is living proof of these words. When I enter these words, put them on the screen for his steps to Christ. <clears throat> there it is. When Satan, the accuser, when Satan comes to tell you that you are a great sinner, guess what? No surprise. 
Look up to your Redeemer, the Jesus of the Apocalypse, and talk of Jesus' merits. That which will help you is to look to His light. We talked about the light last night. Look, keep your eyes on the light. Next line. Acknowledge your sin, but tell the enemy that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and that you, that I, that we may be saved by His matchless love. Hallelujah. Come, is there more? We have been great sinners. Yep, 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 yep. But Christ died that we might be forgiven. It is when we most fully comprehend the love of God that we best realize the sinfulness of sin. Keep going. When we see the length of the chain that was let down for us at Calvary, man, somebody climbed all the way down that chain to save me from my pit. When we understand something of the infinite sacrifice that Christ has made in our behalf, here we go now, the heart, talking about your heart and mine, is melted with tenderness and contrition. Good news. The Jesus Christ revealed in the Bible's last book is everything you need for the new journey in front of us all. Everything you need. And you're standing in line, read the apocalypse. I got to carry my Bible around. You have it on your phone. The lines are longer now with the pandemic anyway. Pull your phone out. Read it in your room. Read it in your home. Something. There's some, there's some, there's some mysterious power in the reading of the revelation. I end with this line from the same author as, Ste as Steps to Christ. I couldn't skip this. When we as a people, this little faith community, understand what this book, we're talking about revelation here. When we as a people understand what this book means to us as a faith community, there will be seen among us a, what's this word right here? What's this word? Call it out to me. Great. And what's this word right here? There will be a great revival. We have been praying for revival for years in, on this campus and in this congregation. Guess what? I just found out this summer. You want a revival? You want a revival at Andrews University? You want a revival in the Pioneer Memorial Church? You want a revival in the Seventh-day Adventist Church? Then go back to the book of Revelation. Go back to the apocalypse. It's all about Jesus, and it's the Jesus we need to know now for what's just ahead. Would you join me in praying? for that revival? Would you join me? Every day when you pick the book up, say, Jesus, I don't know. Dwight said to read the book, so I'm just slowly working my way through it. But Jesus, the Jesus I see here, would you please do for us what we have never in a time of peace and prosperity been able to do for ourselves? Do it now as the house burns down. Give us the time we need to tell your story while there's still time. Let's pray. Oh, God. Oh, God. We're not asking you to burn down your house. Boy, the devil doesn't like that book. Woo. He doesn't like that book. He'll throw it to the ground. He'll, he, you know what he'll do, God? We just saw that. We just saw that. He walked by. We just saw that, Lord. That's, that's what we're up against. But you know what? It doesn't matter to you. They can destroy the book. They can get rid of every printed word that speaks of Jesus. But we have Jesus in our hearts. And we're facing this brave new pandemic new year. We're facing it with confidence and courage because Jesus already won the war.
a few battles that got to be taking place, but he's already at Calvary, won the war, and we praise you. Now, Father, don't burn our hearts down. Ignite our hearts, please. Ignite our hearts with this great revival so that we are compelled to move away, move out, move out. We are, we are propelled into a world that desperately needs to know its house is burning down. Set us ablaze with your reviving love. We humbly pray in Jesus' name that all the people say, Amen and Amen. I'm going to give you a book. Now I'm not going to give it to you. I'm going to sell it to you. Take out your Connect card. You say, Dwight, it's COVID-19. You can't hand out anything. There are no bulletins and no Connect cards. That's okay. We've got an electronic uh, Connect card. Put, put the, uh, on the screen, please, the, the address. Go to your phone right now. I want you to see this Connect card. I'm going to tell you how you can get a book. All right? So go to pmchurch.org slash connect. All right? We're going to that. We're going to that. We're going to eventually have a digital digital uh, bulletin, and we'll have the Connect card, which is digital, and we'll have a QR code when you come, and you just put your, put your little phone up to that QR code, you'll have it for the whole service. Okay? Let's go. So now here's what the Connect card will look like when you go to this, because it'll say Connect on that page of uh, our PM Church website. My next step today is, we're going to take next steps together, you and I, through the apocalypse. This new year, box number one, I want to find Jesus in my study of his apocalypse. There's not a hand that would not go up if I said, how many here want to find Jesus? Of course we do. Give me box number two, please. Here's box number two. I would like the new annotated Daniel and Revelation journal. Hmm. How much? Five bucks. Whoa. Please send me information about payment and pickup. Please put your, on that uh, digital connect card, put your email address because we'll be in touch with you electronically. Put your email address. Make sure that's there. When you check this box, you have to put your email address. And here's the book right here. Andrews, Andrews University Publishing just came out with this book days ago. It's a book of Daniel and Revelation put together in one nice little journal. Look at this. It has journal pages in it, journal space. And then what they've cleverly done, I think brilliantly, is they've gone to the Andrews University Study Bible, which you, of course, already have, and they've taken all the study notes for both Daniel and Revelation Revelation, so you have your little coach and teacher right here. This book sells for 15 bucks. But today, if you'll call this number, <laughs> sounds like an infomercial, doesn't it? This book sells originally for 15 bucks, but the Michigan Conference came in and said, we're going to cut that price in half, 750 Wow. I'm ready. No. Pioneer came along and said, we're going to cut another 250 off of that. We will subsidize, subsidize, subsidize these books for a $5 bill. That's all we need. If you check there, we'll tell you where to bring that $5 bill, and you go home with this. You're going to put this in your backpack. You're going to read this when you're standing in line. You're going to read this in the middle of the night. You're going to read this at the beginning of the day. You're just going to get blessed as we immerse ourselves in the apocalypse. The world is coming to an end. We have nothing to fear. We have everything to look forward to, and we have a friend, our very best friend, who goes with us. And to that, I say, Amen. <laughs>